Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. And it's my pleasure to welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage, Coach Rockwell, Mark Rockwell, a professional coach to attorneys and law firm leadership teams. Mark, welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. Well, thank you. I appreciate you inviting me. And by the way, you're getting a duet today because it's me and Annabelle, my very, very lovely bulldog, who's here at my feet. So she is napping at the moment. And if you hear some moanings and groanings, it's just her having a really deep dream. <laughs> so that's not the sound of thunder. That's that's your wonderful dog. Oh, that's great. And we don't we definitely don't want to wake her up. So that is awesome. Uh, thank you for sharing that with us. So Mark was really excited to meet with you and chat with you and was really intrigued by one of the topics you mentioned, which was strategy made simple. And I can't tell you how oftentimes I've talked to attorneys and they've said, ah, oh, business strategy is so complicated and such a waste of time. Like I don't even want to bother with a business plan or a strategic plan or anything like that. So Mark would love to hear your thoughts on strategy made simple for law firms. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, you know, I, I suppose uh, over the last uh, several years, I've worked diligently to sort of distill it down into what I would call Mark's talking points, because I don't like complex. And I think that myself included, our eyes blaze over pretty quickly when someone uses the word strategy. The only thing that maybe is equivalent to that as far as making people's eyes glaze over is when someone whispers process and procedures. Those also are kind of my, can be my numbing, albeit uh, important. So I would say this, starting with, for thinking in the context of strategy, whether you're talking about strategy or anything else, my first advice to every attorney and law firm leadership team is you need to focus. F-O-C-U-S. And people tend to look back at me and go, uh, what does that mean? What it means is you need to pick your area of expertise. Don't try to be all things to all people. Don't think that more is better. Actually drilling down and making your area of expertise narrower and narrower and narrower is actually ultimately to your benefit. Steve Jobs, I think this probably isn't going to be a exact quote, but he made the statement, something to the effect of success is the ability to say no. And as you can appreciate, a company like Apple is well capitalized, has limitless number of talented individuals who could no doubt on any given day come up with 42 good ideas. And yet it would just be a shotgun approach. So if you look at uh, Apple's product list, it's pretty narrow for a trillion dollar company. And that is because Steve Jobs said, we have to focus. We have to be really, really good at whatever we do. So that's where it would start with an attorney or any law firm or any uh, business of any kind, frankly, is focus on what you're going to do. If your strength is immigration law, then don't try to do 14 other things besides 
immigration law. Just understand that that's your expertise. So once you've decided on where you want to focus, you need to answer the question, which Simon Sonic puts to each of us, answer your why. Why am I doing this? What is my greater purpose? What is my holy grail, if you will? And it isn't just to make money and feed your kids. It's what is your real purpose? What is your burning desire that you bring to your, your uh, avocation or your, your uh, area of expertise? That takes a while, actually, and it's not a 15-minute it's not a 15 minute exercise. In fact, I just finished a process with one of my clients. It's a mid-sized legal firm. I will bet you we spent nothing less than three half day sessions. And you might think, wow, that's, that seems pretty inefficient. It was a kind of a sloppy process, not an unfun process, but when we got done, now you have 10 or 11 attorneys who go, yes, Yes, that's who we are and that's why we do what we do. And that's really important because that becomes your North Star. So you start with focus, then you answer your why statement. And then you have to say to yourself, what are our unique strengths that will make us different in a way that creates value for our client? Not just trying to say better, because better is kind of subjective. But the answer is, or the question is, how are you different? And let me give you an example. Let's say, for instance, that someone is a Vietnamese immigrant and they work in immigration law. They have a unique experience. They've lived it. They know what the process is. They can speak with empathy and passion to their clients about what the process is going to look like. From a client standpoint, that creates a lot of value because they know the person who is representing them isn't approaching this from an academic standpoint. They've lived it. If you're a personal injury attorney and you were hurt seriously in an automobile accident and you had the fight with the insurance company and you went for three years trying to collect your legal bills and your medical bills, you know what that's like. That is a strength that makes you different. It makes you unique. And that creates, in that respect, value for your client. You can't be different in just for the sake of being different. Your difference has to create value for your client. I couldn't agree more, Mark. In fact, a lot of these things are are things that we work on with our small law firm clients as well, uh, and they're just as relevant for them. And I want to go back to a couple of things you touched on because I'm yeah. really curious to kind of dig into these a little bit. So the first thing you mentioned was focus, and I couldn't agree more with uh, with everything that you said there. How do you deal with an attorney or a law firm that doesn't want to make those doesn't want to make that trade off? They don't want to say no, right? There's resistance to asking them to choose. They really want to push back and say, look, I we really want to work on these practice areas, more than one practice area or more than one kind of matter within a practice area. You know, we feel that we have multiple different target audiences. How do you deal with that kind of situation where they don't want to just pick one? Well, obviously, that's a conscious decision. Well, I shouldn't say it's a con conscious decision. Sometimes it's just a lack of making a decision. But 
I would use a sports illustration. Do you want to be a really, really world-class basketball player? Or do you want to play basketball, baseball, soccer, football? You can play them all, but you're kind of just a mediocre player. And frankly, you never got a contract. Because even though everybody thought you were just the jock in high school and college, you never actually were able to take it to world-class level. So when a client raises that question about, well, we really don't want to do the trade-offs, then the answer is, okay, let me ask you two questions. Or actually one question. Do you want to have excellence? Or are you okay with mediocrity? Because you cannot achieve excellence if you don't focus and pick your target. Are you going to be a rifle or are you going to be a shotgun? And that doesn't mean that they can't be objectively successful. But if you want to be able to make a comfortable, consistent, long-term impact in your field, then you need to pick your batters. And I don't think anybody, whether you're an electronics manufacturer like Apple or you're an attorney, that you can be excellent at everything. It just isn't possible. Yeah, I think if you're going to do that and you're going to try and do multiple practice areas, you need to have some sort of a, to your point, a value proposition for why you're in those multiple areas. Maybe it's a specific client that you can serve very well, better than everybody else by having those areas. But then those areas have to be tightly integrated and there's you know a lot of operational and strategic consequences that come from that decision. So love, love the point on focus. By the way, there is a great little book. It's not written for attorneys, but it's a great little book. And it's called, of all things, wait for it, Focus by Al Reese. It's a little yellow book. It has a great big red bullseye on the cover that looks like a, the Target store logo. And it's filled, it's filled with wonderful stories on why and how you need to focus. And that's true whether you're a DuPont, you're a Pfizer, you're General Motors, or you're Toyota. If you don't focus, it doesn't matter how much money you have and how many hundreds of thousands of employees you have. If you don't pick your battle, you will only have mediocre results. And I think uh, a lot of a lot of the reasons why people are writing books on that, and why there's so many books written on focus and prioritization, and how strategy is the art of saying what not to do, and those kinds of things, is because it's so difficult to do. That's why they need people like uh, like you and I, and, and you know, and to help them make those kinds of decisions because they're not easy not easy decisions, and we all need to focus because our natural state. <laughs> In a lot of cases, it's just the opposite. <laughs> well, and what happens if we don't focus, to be honest, I mean, it, it is, I, I understand the trade-offs. And the, the pressure is in the near term, in the near term, we feel as though we'll make more money if we sell furniture and flowers and baked goods and we just sell whatever someone might buy when they come through the front door. In the long term, however, nobody knows really who you are. You don't have a reputation for excellence in anything. And there are other people who will do specific areas better, and they will get the client. 
And because in those cases, you tend to rely on your relationships to pull you through, and those relationships will deteriorate over time. It's just what they do. Mm-hmm. So I want to shift gears now and talk a little bit about something else that you that you mentioned, uh, which is the what is your why uh, question. And I just had a question for you, which is when you're doing this with um, you know partners at a firm, and there's several, um, what happens when they have different reasons when they have different whys uh, for being at the firm and for for being in business? Do you take a, what is our why as an entire firm? Or do you really focus on the individual attorneys and say, what is your why? This person over here, what is your why? This person over here, what is your why? And then try and, and pull those together somehow. Well, that's a really interesting question. And, and I would say, first of all, you know, that word alignment, you want to make certain that they're, re- and that's one of the reasons you go through the exercise and you don't jam it. You know, you can jam it and it's just a check the box exercise, which means it's meaningless. It's just, okay, well, we got that done next. So when you go through the process, I would say if you're really engaging with the group, there probably is going to be some level of emotion. There should be, you know, the why statement, why you're doing this, what's your purpose? It's kind of your holy grail. Why are you really doing this? And and if you don't have some emotion and passion about it, you're probably not giving it sufficient thought. So I really believe that it's when you talk about alignment between the individual's why and the firm's why, the two have to be compatible. They may not be completely synonymous, but think of it more like Russian dolls. One needs to nest inside the other. And if it doesn't fit within the overarching why of the firm, and particularly if it's juxtaposed, then you have a culture issue and and you will not have long-term happiness. And that's where I think things get really interesting. So when I've done this at firms and we've really dug deep and there's, I've only done this a few times with large groups of partners. Usually I work with, you know, two partners or less. But um, when we're digging with large groups of partners, I know we're getting traction and I know we're, we're, we're moving forward. When I can start to see that there is a culture problem and you're starting to see people kind of being uh, left aside and, and clearly feeling like they're outliers or they don't belong here or their whys are so polar opposite to the firm that it just doesn't make sense to continue. You can see those ahas and I've had to pull people out and have private conversations with them. And that to me is a sign that the firm is moving from you know kind of culture dysfunction to getting some consensus around the culture they want to build. And that's really exciting to be a part of. I bet you have a bunch of those stories. Yeah, I do have, uh, you know, I guess we all do. Uh, and it really, I mean, I just think there's this sorting process that is is just sort of the story of life. Meaning, if you're really going to have, again, back to the word excellence, if you're really going to have a, achieve excellence and you're going to do it in an environment, in an environment where people really respect and enjoy working with one another, there has to be alignment. And if there's not an agreement on what the why statement is, the purpose, our overarching, call it holy calling, then it means you're sharing office space, but you're not really sharing a, you're not part of a team effort. 
And I find that the why statement, and, and I probably am a little obsessive about this, is really a critical first step. Because in my thinking, you have to first be able to say, why are we doing this? And if we don't know why we're doing it, then what else matters? Yeah. And just real quick for you, attorney entrepreneurs who are listening, um, oftentimes when I ask that question, you know, why are you, why, why did you choose to be in this area of law? Um, the answer I get is, oh, I just kind of fell into it. So the follow-up question that you can ask yourself is, okay, if you just fell into it, why did you stay in it? Because you could have chosen another area area of the law. You could have chosen to leave the field of law entirely, but you stayed in it and there were reasons why you did. So what were those reasons? And I found that that really helps people that are stuck mm-hmm. kind of push through and figure mm-hmm. out what their why is. And the other thing I like that. You, you brought up was unique, the unique value proposition, which is fantastic. And I love how you put it that way. Um, and your point, and and we we teach this a lot, is that you know people will buy your services typically for two reasons. Though they will choose you because of the value you provide to them and the passion that you have. So, you know, attorney entrepreneurs, if you have one without the other, so let's say you bring a lot of value, but you have no passion or you bring a ton of passion, but you don't have really any value. Um, it's not going to work. You need to have both in your unique proposition. That's what's going to enable clients to choose you. And when you're asking yourself those questions, think about what makes you unique amongst your best competitors. You know, could be your referral partners. These are these are high quality law firms, not the ones that don't answer the phone. <laughs> that's that's not who we're competing against. These firms all have good c- client service. So saying that you offer good client service doesn't mean a whole lot. I'm sorry. The best firms all offer great client service. What else? Right? Dig a little bit deeper. So, Mark, um, really excited for that, and I want to hear the other, the fourth one. So, you know, another thing that you want to always be able to think in terms of of when you talk about strategy is, is this a niche? Is this an area that's going to have ongoing, enduring, lasting value? I mean, you wouldn't want to uh, jump into an area that you thought was sort of in the near term, sort of trendy, but probably isn't going to be a growth area. Clients aren't going to need this particular service necessarily five years from now, 10 years from now. And, and I don't have anything that comes immediately to mind, but in the context of strategy, not just in the context of law, but in the context of strategy, what era, whatever area you're going into, not only do you need to focus, not only do you need to know why, not only do you need to know what your unique strengths are that create value for your client or your customer, but then you have to say to yourself, and is this going to last for a while or am I going to work myself out of a niche in six months or a year? So that would be kind of my, my last piece. Fantastic, Mark. And this couldn't have come at a better time because you know right now a lot of law firms are thinking about next year and they're kind of going through that reflective process. What are some things that you're really excited about uh, in your business over the next year, year and a half? Well, you know, interestingly enough, um, about four or five months ago, I thought, you know, people, selecting people, getting the right people, creating teams is really a challenge. I mean, we all go through this, right? And so uh, a dear friend of mine who has long, uh, has for a long time been a um, 
certified consultant for predictive index said, Mark, that's a tool you really ought to get good at because you could share it with your clients and it will really help them create solid teams of capable people. So while I wouldn't call myself an expert yet, I am going up the learning curve. And I have to tell you, predictive index is, um, is just a wonderful tool that I look forward to sharing with my clients because I really do believe that that will enable me to help them create, not only evaluate each of themselves individually as to their strengths and, and frankly, their blind spots, which we all have, right? But also more important or as importantly, how do the individual members on the team complement one another? And within the context of say five or six people, what are some of the blind spots that aren't covered and how do we cover those? So that's, that personally is ex exciting. And I look forward to sharing that with my client. Oh, I love that. So when I wrote Staffing Up, which is the, uh, the first book that I've seen written for attorneys on how to hire people, and we released it in 2019, PI was just kind of getting going um, and coming into the mainstream. Um, we talked about assessments and using DISC for that. And uh, yeah, I think whether using PI or DISC or another tool, um, having some sort of an assessment to benchmark you know, all the attorneys and staff at your firm is really, really helpful in the ways you just described. So love that. Really excited for that. And Mark, thank you so much for your time today. You've you've given a lot of really good ideas and put a lot on the table for our audience to think about. If they want to reach out to you and connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, they're welcome to send me an email. My email is mark at coachrockwell.com. Mark at coachrockwell.com. They could go to my website, which is um, coachrockwell.com, or you could find me on, on LinkedIn uh, under Mark Rockwell. Awesome. Well, Coach Mark Rockwell, thank you so much for being on Lawyer Business Advantage today. Well, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember, you can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice. <music>